are underway, broadcasting from our remote Pittsburgh studios, north of the steel city of Pittsburgh, PA. We give you episode four of our podcast, Steel City Sports Talk. My name is Alex Brown. And I'm Ryan Berry. And together, we are your hosts for this podcast. First up, we're going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers' dominating win over the Browns. It it's sure really, was dominating. It really sent a message to the Baker Mayfield and Miles Garrett. It did. I mean, they were the defense dominating. Dominated all throughout the game. Every single quarter of that game, it is dominated. Intercept Two interceptions. They sacked him four times. And they just put pressure on him all day. And they really, they really put a beating to the Browns. I mean, the Steelers' offense wasn't great itself. With a total of 277 total yards. I mean, big the passing game wasn't good. The passing game wasn't great. But um, I would say that the de- that the running game was exciting. Big game for everybody that ran the football, I feel like. Uh, James Conner had 20 attempts for 100 yards and a touchdown. Benny Snell had another touchdown on six attempts. And Chase Claypool added another touchdown to his resume. Two attempts for seven yards and a touchdown. I feel like we're starting to utilize it more in the run game, which is... It's a useful tool, and it's been helping us so far this year. It is, but I want to see, like, they're, they're spreading the ball. They're not really spreading the ball around, you know what I mean, on the ground. on the In the air, they are. In the air, they are. If you look at the, uh, the, if you look at the air, they're spreading the ball around a lot. I mean, there were, there were um, four players on the Steelers that had more than, four or more targets in that game. And I think that's encouraging. Ebron, Ebron Schuster, Washington, and Claypool. I mean, Ebron caught two of his four for only nine yards, but... He's not that big of a factor, but you should have seen him after that game, James holding Watt. up five, his hands celebrating and he didn't do like a lot. A but he didn't a lot. He didn't do a lot to celebrate as much as he did. Yeah, he's not putting any videos on TikTok though after the game. No, that's a plus. That's a plus. <laughs> I think we can admit that that's a plus. I mean, but um, if we look at this, we see James Washington. He's finally he finally steps up for a game. He gets uh, sixty-eight yards and a touchdown. On four catches. That's a great, that's a good game for a number three wide receiver, which I think he is on our team. Oh, yeah, it was a good game. It was a really good game from because he hasn't, he's been a non factor so far this year. So I think it's a really good if he starts making an impact, especially with Dante Johnson out. He's, I think he's going to play. He's been practicing this week uh, a good amount. So he should be in the game for Sunday, which will help the Steelers. But he's been getting hurt a lot. And when he gets hurt, Washington needs to step up. And Washington can step up regardless if he's in or out. I mean, Washington's a he good should. deep ball receiver, and if Ben can start connecting on the deep throws, then we'll be, we'll be looking at some big plays for Washington. But if you look at the plays that they've had, I mean, uh, not the players, but the receivers that they have, if they have all four healthy on a week, and you put them four out on the field at the same time, there's one of them is bound to be open. They're all pretty good. And Washington's not the third wide receiver, like I said. I would say he's the fourth. If you, if you take out, like, Johnson, to me, is the number one. Claypool's the number two. I don't think Johnson's number one. You don't think Johnson's number one? Who's number one? I'd say Claypool. Claypool, then who? Claypool, Juju Johnson, then Washington. Yeah. I was going to say the same. Juju's but if right Juju hasn't two. been, if Juju continues this trend this year of not getting, of not being much of an impact, he could even go down to four. Look at the impact he had, though. He was horrible. He had no impact. Two receptions he had no for footprint six yards. on the game. No footprint on the game. And that's not, that's not cutting it if you're number one and a guy that wants a lot of money next year. Because he does. Bud Dupree had a big game. He's been really playing well this year. He had another two sacks and just big impact for the Steelers. He certainly has been. I mean, it's been an encouraging sign to see that he's performing up to the caliber they did last year. 
And uh, and he's looking for money this year. We franchise tagged him. We're probably I don't know if we're gonna be able to pay him though, Ryan. Because he's going to want a lot of money based on what he's doing. Well, it depends on what we do with Juju. I mean, I guess Juju wasn't even getting paid that much. But Would you rather have Juju or Bud Dupree? Bud Dupree at Me this too. point in the season. Every day of the week. I think Juju's not a bad wide receiver. No, he's a good wide receiver, but I, he's not getting open as much as he needs to be. I know. He's got to be able – if he's the caliber that we're, we think he is, and a lot of people think he is, then he needs to break those double teams that he sometimes gets put on, like Antonio Brown did. So he can have some big plays and be a more impact on the game and for the team yeah, exactly. to earn money. But clearly he's not been that number one wide receiver. Would you agree with that this year? Definitely. I mean, you could argue that uh, people would say back in the day that uh, back in the day that Juju was a product of Antonio Brown because when Antonio Brown was here, he was uh, he had that amazing rookie season and he was good. And then now you, people are saying that Claypool. Is a bot is a product of Juju. Would you say that that's the case? I think Claypool would be better than Juju. You think so? Without well, Juju here, actually, what Juju's, are you just saying without Juju here? That, that's the thing, though. You never know because we thought the same thing about Juju and Juju. But he's, in he, all fairness, to him last year he had a he had Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. Those aren't the best like tools in the shed for throwing the ball, like best quarterbacks. Those aren't the best. And I know we said it's not, that. Big, it's not Big Ben. I know we said that Big Ben had, didn't have a great game, but he didn't. If you're running the ball well, you don't need to throw it. And I thought yeah, he managed I, the game well time wise. He only had to throw 22 passes. If you're running it so well, you have 37 carries compared to 22 passes. You'll take that any day of the week if you uh, if you can run the ball and exactly. keep the clock rolling down. That's a good point, Ryan. Uh, did we talk about Minka's? Interception yet? I don't think we did. Minka, he Minka must have heard us. Six. Me and uh, Alex are a little bashing on him last week, but he must have heard us because he came out in a big way with a pick six. He likes those interceptions, timely interceptions. And when he gets the interceptions, this is the third of his career that's gone back for six, and he's had a pretty. He has had a short career. I mean, he hasn't been in the league that long, and I and well, it's a third. The third sleeping pick six giant career. has awoke, and and Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, it's impressive. Uh, Cam Hayward. Had another great game. Uh, led the team in tackles uh, with six. I, I think that's a good game for Cam Hayward. Uh, he just got paid over the offseason. He's a team leader. I think he's really going to have to step up now since the unfortunate injury of Devin Bush. Oh, that that. Which is a horrible situation, and he's a and he's a young guy. Is a second year. He's been the leading tackler of the defense so far this season. Robert Spillane is uh, going to be his replacement, I believe, right? Is that good enough? Well, they say next man up mentality. We've got a lot of good pieces on this defense. Devin Bush has been inconsistent this year, but he is a really good player. Would you say that you're only as good as your weakest link? I don't think that's completely true. Because he's now going to be the weakest link on that defense. I, I used to think that was Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton? But now Cam Sutton had a pick this week. And he had a sack as well, I believe. Uh, did he? Yes, he had a... He did. Nice. What a game for him. What a game. And you have to have those safety step up. They have to step up. And because then the running game, they have the running attack down, the, like the run defense. They've been shutting down teams left and right. This was the number one rushing team in the NFL, averaging 198 yards a game in terms of rushing. Well... Going off that, no, that should bode well and for next week. And they limited Dirk. them to 75. That's pretty impressive. Well, going off of that, it should bode well for us next week against, 
I would say the best running back in the league in Derrick Henry. And I would he's agree been with you. Unstoppable this year. Mike Tomlin said he's a Bud Dupree, but faster. <laughs> and Derrick Henry well, said, I don't think I'm that big, but yeah, he's a big guy. He's <laughs> I think he's two seventy. Well, that's what that's what Derrick Henry said. He said, I don't I didn't think I was that big, but Bud Dupree is a Bud Dupree's a big guy too. I mean, he can move. Uh he him and Watt can move. I Watt no, it wasn't Watt. It was Hayward. That I was at the end of the first half of that game. He, Baker Mayfield, was uh, uh, he might he wasn't on his knees, but he was standing up and he got drilled in the back by uh, Cam Hayward, and it, it, right to the ribs that he's been that have been bruised for him, Ryan, and he got right back up. And he was grimacing. What a hit! And Cam Hayward, an anchor to that Pittsburgh defense, and will continue to be. I think for the rest of the season. So I, something interesting here. We all talk about how Steelers haven't played anybody. Well, we have, we're first in the in our division. Yes. And we're tied with the Titans, or but we have the tiebreaker over them because they have a hard, they have an easier strength of schedule than us. But I'd rather beat the Titans this week. And then, and then let that be the tiebreaker. You know what I mean? Now, if we beat them, that will show the whole entire leg. Like, the Steelers are here and they're going to the. Playoffs. When the, the Steelers next three games, they play a. Uh, Titans this week. They play Baltimore the uh, next week, and then they play after that Dallas. What record do you want to see them coming out of that? What record? I'm At least thinking, two and one. I'm thinking two and one too. I think they have to beat the Cowboys. And as I say, pick your poison uh, with Titans and Ravens. If you lose both those games, that that's very disappointing. Yes. Let's uh. Yeah, let's talk that about would be disappointing. Let's talk about some of the things that Steelers need to do to. Uh, Get that achievement uh, as a win versus Tennessee. I say we got to be consistent on offense. No turnovers. No turnovers. Turnovers just a drive killers, and they give the opponent good field position and momentum. And if you do that with the Titans, they'll take complete advantage of that. I think they w- they will too, Ryan. I really do. But I and the defense, as I think the defense really has to step up in this game. I think you have to get a turnover, as you said. Be consistent on offense. But I think force Ryan Tannehill to make throws. If your running defense is good enough, then then we shouldn't have to um, worry about Derrick Henry as much. And then that will force Ryan Fitzpatrick to throw the ball. And when he throws the ball, force him to make that mistake like you did with Baker Mayfield. If you get an interception early, then and you're putting pressure on him constantly, you're going to make him doubt himself or double-think himself as he's in the pocket. And that can all uh, lead to more turnovers or more sacks. Because as soon as Mika Fitzpatrick got that pick, uh, you could tell. I mean, it felt like a different game, and they were up ten seven. It just broke the, the game. Ten nothing. Ten nothing. Pardon me, but it really broke the game open at that at the very beginning of the game. Let's go around the NFL a little bit. The Cowboys are bad without Dak Prescott. Jason Winning came in and he just played t- completely terrible. Who'd you say? Jason, Jason, Jason Wood, the tight end, the former tight end. Of, uh, <laughs> hey, who's now with the Raiders? Um, Andy Dalton came in, he and, and he, he was okay. He threw for um, 266 yards with a touchdown and interception. So uh, the yardage is fine. The interceptions aren't great. I agree with everything you just said there. But Arizona, That's a shocker. Arizona is a... Uh, Good team, and they showed that against the Cowboys. Won thirty-eight to ten. Kyler Murray, he only had one hundred and eighty-eight passing yards. He only he had, got he only completed nine passes. 
He had seven, 70, almost 70 rushing yards and touchdown. And Kenyon Drake finally had a big week after making fantasy owners mad with his performance so far this year. 164 yards, two touchdowns. I think that's that's a really great game for him. He made me happy with my fantasy team. I still lost, but he did, he did good. 164 yards on the ground on 20 attempts with two touchdowns. Pretty good uh, game. Denver beat New England, and New England saw in a little bit of a hole here, two and three to start the season. With under Bill Pel- Belichick, you don't see that very much. I still think they'll bounce. That doesn't back. happen. I think since two thousand and like early two thousand, some somewhere in there. I don't doubt that. In a long time. I believe they'll bounce back though, and I think they'll uh, end up making the playoffs. Well, we'll see. I mean, I don't think they'll make the playoffs this year, just based on how they're playing. I think they lose this week. I think they lose to good teams. I don't think they're a good team. You don't think that I, think I think Cam Newton's a good quarterback. I don't know what's been going on with him though. I mean, he did miss mm. he did miss one game, and they and they haven't had much practice because they have to close down the facility because of COVID nineteen. Yeah, but you could say the same for the Titans. Titans crushed the Bills that week. They won like forty two sixteen. That's what that's my argument. If if the uh, if they can do it, why can't the Patriots? Especially the Patriots with Coach Bill Belichick. They should be able to do. Uh, they should be able to out out um think. Out, coach every team in the league, and they lost to the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos are not that good of a team. They this stink. Year. So many injury problems too. Uh, uh, let's move on to our NFL picks of the week. Uh, first bonus segment. We're gonna start it off with uh, Alex telling us uh, all the games that we're doing. Uh, well, we're doing the 49ers and Patriots, Browns and Bengals, Dallas and Washington, Steelers and Titans, Jacksonville and the Chargers. And then the Monday night game, Chicago and the Rams. We'll start with the 49ers and Patriots. Ryan, who do you have? I have the Patriots in that one. I think they're going to bounce back and get a big, much-needed win against the 49ers. Well, as I just said, I think I have I have the 49ers winning, and I think it's I don't think it'll be too close. Next game, Cleveland Bengals. I got Cleveland. I think they're also going to bounce back after demoralizing loss against the Steelers. Joe Burrow's going to have a bad game after his good performance last week, and I think Cleveland pulls this one out. Um, I have the Bengals winning this game. Uh, last week, the the Bengals were up 21-0 on the Colts, and then the Colts came back and beat them. I say they're angry. They're, they didn't have as bad of a loss as the Browns did to the Steelers. They didn't. I mean, you could argue that, coming, that somebody coming back from 21 points is a horrible loss, and it is. But it's not getting embarrassed like and blown out like the Browns did. I think the Browns are going to be still in recovery mode. And I think the Bengals are going to be hungrier for this game, and I think they win the game. Next is Dobbs and Washington. I have the I have a Washington football team in this one. Almost said the Redskins again. I have, I have them win this game. Dallas didn't show much promise last week without Dak Prescott. So. I have the Dallas in this game. <laughs> we're, we're differing on the first three picks. But uh, I think Dallas will bounce back against a bad Washington team. Both those teams are really bad. Two and four and one and five. Yep. Steelers and Titans. Steelers and Titans. I got the Steelers. I think you got the Steelers too here. I, I have the Steelers, and I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't think I'll ever pick against the Steelers this season. I might. I mean, if they lose against the Titans, I'm not picking them against the Ravens. I'll still pick them. I'll find a, I, I just wrap my head around it that way. I'm the Steelers fan the way you are a Pitt fan. I probably shouldn't have said that. I'd probably still pick the Steelers against the Ravens because I just completely and utterly do not dislike the Ravens. Next is Jacksonville and the Chargers. I got the Chargers during this one. Jacksonville, I picked them the last two times we've done this, and they haven't uh, 
hasn't paid off for me, so I'm going against them this week. Hopefully they don't uh, win this week. I got the Chargers. I agree with you with, with you on this one as well. I have, I have the Chargers. Lastly is a Chicago versus L.A. Rams. I got Chicago. Their defense is just so dominant and a nightmare for quarterbacks. And Jared Goff is having an off year. And I think Chicago will get to them early and often. I have the opposite of that one. I have the Rams winning this game at home in their new stadium. This is their second game there. I say they come out fast, explosive, and they win by at least 10 points. Me and Alex are differing on, uh, I think, four picks, same as last same week. Same as last week. Last week we were both 4-2, and two, and that brings our record to both 6-5 and five for the early pick season. Let's move on to— good. That's a pretty good record, though. Let's move on to the Pitt football. It's about 500. Pit football team. Uh, uh, you want you want to talk about Pitt? You want to start? Well, I don't think we. It's not. It hasn't been as bad. I mean, no. that game didn't have your starting quarterback. Eleven point loss to Miami. Miami's a thirteenth ranked team, and that's kind of what you expect going into a game, uh, three and two without your starting quarterback. But at the beginning of the year, a lot of Pitt fans had hopes that they could win this game and start six and zero. But as we see, that did not pan out. Well, we started three and zero, and then look what happened. You were saying, Ryan, this th- look at this season for Pitt. Look at it. We could win the next. We should win the next two games against Boston College, uh, NC State, and Boston College. We lost those two games, and then we played Miami. We lost to Miami. We're down to three and three. Let's talk about the rest of the three season. Three and three, Ryan. The schedule. I mean, what do you think they'll end up? Because now Miami's ranked number seven, so that means they played in a ranked team. Louisville's ranked when we played them. They have uh, fallen off the cliff since then. Louisville's ranked. No, they've fallen off the cliff. They oh. ranked when we played them earlier yes, in the they season. Uh, they've fallen off the cliff since. Uh, that cl- Syracuse win doesn't look good. Next, another ranked team they were playing is Virginia Tech. They're ranked 17th, I believe, or 19th right now. And that'll be another hard game. And then lastly, we play the best team in college football, Clemson Tigers, for the last game of the season. And that that one might get ugly. I'm con- I think this Notre Dame game, in the next three to four games, they have a they have a chance of winning every game. Wouldn't you agree, Ryan? I don't think they'll beat Clemson. I don't think they'll be close against Clemson. Pitt? No. Definitely not. Not, not close. I don't think anybody in ACC can be close to. But they Clemson. should beat Georgia Tech. Florida State looks a little looks like a tough tougher team this year. They just beat North Carolina. They're one and three though. I know, but they beat North Carolina. They beat UNC. They As I Clemson. said, UNC yeah, was you're, overrated. You've been right all along. You really have, and I have to give you props for that. You've been saying that, and they. And they faltered this week. They weren't good. And then um, Notre Dame, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech, uh, they should be competitive against. I don't think they'll win that game, though. I mean, they, you just saw what they did at Boston College, 140-14. to, uh, 40 to uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of things. First off, we need more Tom Sibley. He had four carries for 23 yards. He's averaging around five yards carry this year. But Panarduzzi and... Mark Whipple have not been giving him many opportunities. I'd trust him on second and three than the little Vincent Davis. Vincent Davis is a really good runner, but I don't. He doesn't really mesh well with this offensive line getting down dirty and running guys over like Darren Hall, James Conner, and Quadri Olson were. That that running game back in the day with those two was absolutely phenomenal. Both guys rushed the, for a thousand yards, and you, you never knew when they would break. I mean, you there was every every drive that there you knew there was a chance that they would break for a touchdown. And I don't. Nobody has this fear with this running back group. Nobody. I mean, Vincent Davis, nine attempts for zero yards. 
I think Izzy Izzy Abinikanda. Uh, I think he has promise potential. I think he'll be really good. He's a true freshman coming in. He's gone gone some carries. He was out last week, but he hasn't been very good uh, pass blocking. But he'll learn that. He'll get better in that. But that's something you need from running back because you don't want Kenny Pickett taking any more hits or Joe Yellen, which it looks I was like. I, I was okay with Joe Yellen's performance. He threw. 40- he comes up against a good Miami defense, which it is, and he had three sacks. He was sacked three times. He uh, he's he remained calm, but well, he played good. I feel like he uh got around two seventy passing yards, but he just didn't. He had an okay pocket presence, but he couldn't run the ball. He he was. He stayed in the pocket for so long, and he didn't mm-hmm. want to run it. Do you know what he ran for? I don't know. I don't know. It says on the stats that he ran three times for negative twenty-eight. Well, that they count sacks. If you get sacked, no. then that counts. Oh, as, they counts as a sack. That counts as yards back. Well, I don't think he's running at negative negative ten yards every time he tries to run it. And it's a, it's a I think they count sacks for that because okay. he yeah, was sacked three times as you why stated did you earlier. Doesn't make any sense. But uh, uh, Jordan Addison. Had a good game. That's who Yellen was throwing it to. Jordan Addison, yes. And Yellen would have had a lot better stats if the receivers could catch the ball. Taysier Mack and I believe Every game Trey Tipton. We have the most sack, or most drop passes in, the NC, in college every, football by every, a lot. Every game, Taysier Mack does this. Every game for the last three games. He makes the amazing catches and he drops the easy ones because he gets too excited. He's like, oh, I have so much running room here. And then he just drops it. Don't take your eyes off the ball till it's in your hands. That's what we need to do, because just catch the ball. It was a 15-yard pass when they given us a first and 10. It, I believe that was second and 10, that uh, play. And then it was cares. third and 10, and we no, didn't get the first down. Uh, nobody cares how long you're going to run it for when you don't catch it. Nobody cares. <laughs> really, nobody cares because you don't have the ball. But, I mean, he has to work on that. But Jordan Addison, clearly their best uh, wide, wide receiver and maybe their best player on offense with Kenny Pickett out. I believe you're right. Uh Defense, what do you think of the defense? Defense, good. Run defense, good. Pass defense was pretty good. Just a couple miscues and missed uh, covers. It was on the same exact play, just running on different sides mm-hmm. of the uh, of the line of scrimmage or different sides of the field. And they had two picks. Two uh, interceptions. Those are big interceptions. Fordham Williams. That was nice. I think if we had had a... Kenny Pickett after those all those in all those red zone opportunities, we would have we would have won the game because Kenny Pickett gets down dirty, he runs the ball, he's not afraid to QB sneak it. And the play calls in the red zone were absolutely atrocious. We'd a fourth and one or third and one. He doesn't Mark Whipple doesn't had, know how to coach in the red zone. He doesn't know how to coach. And that'll continue this week as Notre Dame has the best red zone defense in college football. Oh that's not good. Uh, let's prove that Notre Dame game a little bit. Notre Dame is ranked number third coming into Heinz Field. Limited number of fans, 5,500 for Pitt for the game. Uh, I just want to say that uh, oh, you'll be in attendance, though, won't you? Yes, I will. Cheering on the Pitt, the Pitt team with the Pitt faithful. They're there. Some of the most loyal Pitt fans. Not many, not many other people go to that game. But uh, hopefully we see a Pitt win. And that is my bold take of the week, which we'll be covering up in a little bit. But I think Pitt's going to win this week. Spoiler alert. I, it is. But I think Pitt's going to win this week. And I never do this, Ryan. You know this. I never pick Pitt in, in like games like this. But I'm doing it this time. Notre Dame running game is really good. Ian Book has not had a very admirable season. He's not very had, had a very admirable season. But their running game is really carrying them so far this year. 
and they might be rethinking that decision to bench Phil Jerkovic over Ian Book. Yeah, they should have told they should have told Book to go to the draft last year. But Jerkovic, I mean, he he had a tough game against uh, Virginia Tech. But that this Notre Dame team lost, uh, not lost, but they beat Louisville last week, twelve seven. I don't think Louisville is a bad team. They play had a really hard schedule. They have a good offense. Their defense which, stinks, though, but and they only gave up 12 points to Notre Dame. Which will scare the Pitt fans. Because if uh, if Louisville couldn't get past, or can only score 12 points, are we going to get past the 50-yard line with Joey Yellen at quarterback? I think we will. And who knows? You never know if Pitt will play. I Narduzzi last week was holding out to the till Saturday, like game time, to say that Kenny Pickett wasn't playing. On Thursday, he and, said, and then, they didn't even say that he didn't make the trip, but he didn't even come, and he held out to like Saturday. On Thursday, he said, uh, Kenny Pickett's in a good place right now. He's in good spirits. I'm optimistic about his status for Saturday. And after the game, he's like, Oh, I knew he wasn't gonna play on Monday. I didn't know. I knew he was gonna. Yeah, he wasn't gonna make the trip. What are you guys talking about? Well, you, sir, you told us that he, he was a game-time decision. <laughs> He's questionable. Pitt defensive line versus Notre Dame O-line will be a good matchup here. I don't think they'll get any pressure. I think I think we'll get occasional pressure, but not as dominant as it has been uh, times this year. Notre, Dame, Notre, uh, Notre Dame's offensive line has been incredible for years. For years. They've always had a good running game. And they've they've always been a good team. I mean, it's different with them in the ACC this year. It's a different look, um, but they're they're playing they're playing worse teams than I think they would be. But it's okay, and they're doing and they're winning their games. So as long as they're not losing, it's okay for that them at least. They're number three in the nation. Um, another another thing with uh, you want you want to say something? I was going to move on and like okay, we'll move on a little bit to uh, pit soccer. Pitt men's soccer. Just briefly, just briefly, because I, I don't want to talk about Pitt soccer well, for too sometimes long. we got to bring up when there's good accomplishments happening in the program. Pitt soccer ranked number one for the first time in program history. That's a big achievement in this. He's really turned the soccer program around, this coach that's came in. And uh, Heather Lake has been doing a great job with these hires. I mean, getting a lot of guys. The baseball team's been improving. The volleyball team's been great. Wrestling. The women's soccer is actually... Up there too. So Heather Lake is. I've given her an, an A for her uh, efforts over the past couple of years. Would you say that if Pitt um, doesn't get more than five wins this season, is Pat Narduzzi on the hot seat? I believe he would be, game. but I don't Let's say they lose to the bowl game too. Would they? Would he? Would he, could he have the possibility of being fired this off season? No, for the simple no? reason that Pitt athletics is kind of out of money right now. They. Because they're still buying out Kevin Stallings. They pay him $10 million and they, to go away. And they gave to, uh, <laughs> Jeff Gable a long contract. And Arduzzi has a five-year contract, so we're going to have to buy that out, too. Uh, no, pit, the pit boosters aren't going to do that. I mean, that's, that, that's who gives them the money. You know that. I mean, that, the boosters, I, I, they'd be crazy to pay that. Pitt has just not had right, alumni donating. We're ranked dead last in HCC in alumni donating. In, uh, but how, how can that change? I don't know how that could change. With better results, I With guess. better results, I guess. But shouldn't that be better, like, better marketing or better steering by head of the like? Could be. But she's been good all around. She really has been. Let's talk about uh, some games around the NCAA. Uh, VT, v, yeah, 
Virginia Tech beat up Boston College again. Oh. Uh, yeah, as I said, 40 to, 40 to 14. And, and then uh, you're right about North Carolina being a bit overrated. Yes, I was, Ox. Thank you for that. Uh, another thing that we want to talk about around the NCAA is uh, Clemson. They uh, beat up Georgia Tech 73-7. to Trevor Lawrence played one half, and guess how many yards he had? 404 yards with five touchdowns. He didn't have an interception, though. He probably uh, wants that one back. And they had a punter go in at cute quarterback for a drive. And guess who he completed a pass to? Dabo's son for a first down. Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's a dominant win, and that's the win you need to see when you're, when you're Clemson. You have to beat up the bad teams, and they did that, and then some. Uh, they crushed Georgia Tech. South Carolina beat Auburn for the first time in program or er, in 87 years. 87 years. 87. Not, not since 1993 has South Carolina beat Auburn. Granted, they've only played nine times over that period of time, but 87 years is a long time to not beat somebody. They finally did it this weekend, and Auburn doesn't look good this year. I mean, they were ranked going into that game, but I, I, they might still be ranked. But that's a bad. I mean, you can't lose. South Carolina's not that good this year either. Um. Let's talk a little bit about the NHL. Not a lot of Penguins news. They um, they signed Cody Ceci as the defenseman from that was last at the Toronto Maple Leafs for a one year, one point two five. No, one point one two five, I believe, million dollar contract. And then uh, they had a. Uh, there was another. They had new alternate jerseys. You see the jerseys? I like them. You, you like them? I didn't like them. They're kind of like the Rangers. Uh, Rangers jerseys, a diagonal across the crest. Uh, they're definitely old school. They are old school, but that's why they're called retro jerseys, Alex. Thank you for that lesson. I didn't know that. So, uh, Joe Thornton got signed this week by the Toronto Maple Leafs. And can you believe that? Joe Thornton. When will these old Sharks players... No when to retire. In one whole teams, no one to stop signing them. That's that's a good point there too. I it's crazy. When will they learn to hang up the skates? Marlowe gets signed again by uh, the Sharks. Thornton goes to the Maple Leafs. And that's the Maple Leafs. I mean, didn't work with Marlowe. Why is he going to work with Thornton? In my opinion. Uh, also, Doc Emmerich, one of the greatest announcers that I've ever. Uh, had the pleasure of listening to. Just a great announcer. Great announcer. One of the, uh, right up, him and Mike Lang, the two best hockey announcers of all time that I've ever listened to, and that's and that's by no doubt. But uh, he retired this week after 50 years in and around the NHL and hockey in general, and it has been a pleasure to listen to him over the years. And he's called some of the greatest Penguin games ever. He's called every. The last, uh, the last three cups for the Penguins that they've won. He's yeah, he has. He, he has, and he's called. He called them, um, which I would say is the greatest goal in the history of Cons- of Consol Energy Center. It was still Consol Energy Center at that time, but it was uh, Chris Kunitz's game seven overtime goal to send the Penguins. Oh, that was to amazing. That and they won the cup that year, and the Senators had never been the same. But and he called that. Some of the all-time great calls for Pittsburgh hockey. And it's a sad thing to see him go, but it's good that he's retiring and hopefully he enjoys his time retiring. But he will be missed by not only the NHL, but by us. Let's uh, move on to the winners and losers segment. 
Uh, Alex, you can share with your winners with us first. Um, my winners of the week are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is my one. They beat the Green Bay Packers 38-10. to And they looked very convincing doing it. Their defense was great. Shut down Aaron Rodgers. Um, their offense was good. Gronk caught a touchdown pass with a Gronk spike. But he, he's so beat up. I mean, he's really like, he's really lumbering around, limping a little bit. His spike's not, doesn't have the same juice it used to. But he's still making plays and scoring points. That's all you can ask for uh, from him. Liberty, my number, my other one, Ryan. Liberty beats Syracuse 38 to 21. Liberty. You had to see it coming. Are you kidding me from Syracuse? What an embarrassment. They crapped on the logo at home, Ryan. They really did. When you lose to Liberty and you're an ACC team, come on. Right, Ryan? I mean, that's crazy. I mean, Syracuse has just been really bad this year, and you had to expect that. Going And Liberty was favored. They were. It's crazy. You shouldn't be favored against Liberty if you're an ACC team, and that's embarrassing for Syracuse and Dino Babers. He's been a failure these past two years. He really has been. He had a good year, two years, and then he has had a bad last two years. Uh, my other one is FSU. FSU beat North Carolina, and they beat them 31-28. to um, They just played a better game than North Carolina. They beat them at certain points. They had the timely plays. Their defense stepped up when they needed to, and they pulled it out for their first win of the season. And I think that they'll um, continue this momentum from this game for the rest of the season. Ryan, your winners. First up for me is the Miami Dolphins. They had a dominating 24-0 win against an 0-6 New York Jets, but it's still a, a good performance when you get 24 points and don't let the other team score. Uh, next is Coastal Carolina. Became ranked for first time in a while. They uh, 4-0 and they beat Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, who were ranked uh, at that time. And my third winner, uh, Alabama, for that win over Georgia. They really sent a statement to the rest of college football that they are not overrated and that they're going to continue being in the top four every single year. And at this moment, I think they're a lock for the college football playoff. I mean, what game? What games do they have left against top teams? Nothing as nothing as scary as a as that Georgia team. And this, I think, that's a failure for Georgia. And uh, they should have won that. Georgia should come in that game. They've had Kirby Smart there for, I think this is his fifth season. And he hasn't beat um, Nick Saban once. Not once. And that's that's embarrassing. And, he, uh, and I think he's going to, I think if he doesn't make the playoff this year, his job will be looked at. Alex, uh, you want to start off with your losers now? Yes, I will. Auburn. Auburn lost this week, as I just said, to South Carolina for the first time in 87 years. They came in as a ranked team. And they lost to an unranked team. That's as simple as that. And when you're an Auburn team that's in the tough ACC and you lose games like that, and they haven't looked good all this season, that is not good for the sake of the team. And they will not be a highly ranked team by the end of the season. Uh, next is the Cowboys. Cowboys lost to the Car- Cardinals on Monday night, 38-10. to, to 10. Uh, We talked about that a little bit. They have to be better. I think they will win this week against Washington, though, but they, they, they deserve to be a loser for that four-touchdown loss to the Cardinals, who haven't been great this season either. And my final loser is the Atlanta Braves. 
Atlanta Braves are up three to one in the series against the um, LA Dodgers. Dodgers came back, won the series, and are now in the World Series in a one-one split so far with the with the um, Tampa Bay Rays. And unacceptable for the Braves when you're up three to one in a World Series and you can't win a game. One of the last three games. That's not good, and this was the this is a good year to do it as they're against a juggernaut Rays team, and they didn't deliver. But a good, they have a good coach Brian Snicker, and I think they'll be back in a playoff contention and a World Series contender next year. Ryan, yours. First up, I have Green Bay Packers. What a disappointing performance they had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lost thirty-eight to ten. Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions and only threw for one hundred and sixty yards. Just. A lot of people had big aspirations for them that game, and they really wanted them to send another message with a big win. I still think they're a good team. They just had a little slip-up, but I think they'll still make the playoffs and uh, end the season on a good note. Next, another loser is a UNC. As I stated, as Alex stated earlier, that was right that they were uh, overrated, and they were. They showed that a loss to Florida State, who was uh, 0-3 at the time. Lastly, Tennessee got beat up by University of Kentucky 34-7. Tennessee was ranked top 20, and that's just really disappointing for them, 34-7 and against an unranked team. I mean, when you're ranked top 20 and you lose by 20 points to an unranked team, that's not good. It's a good one for Kentucky, though. Kentucky's program has been consistent over the years, but they've never really shined in the SEC. But uh, they, cu- they show up against the teams that they um, – are similar with in terms of talent. I mean, it's tough to, t- to show up when you're playing uh, Georgia and Alabama and expect to uh, play and have the score be close. But they, they perform against the teams that are, they are comparable to. And then our bold take of the weeks, Ryan. Uh, mine, as I said earlier, Pitt beats Notre Dame. We'll see if it happens. We're both 0-2 in our picks, our bold picks so far. But I think this has a possibility to happen. Ryan, yours. Uh, for my bold take, I have Iowa State beating Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is ranked in the... They're both ranked, ranked right? fourth, I believe, and Iowa State is ranked 20-something, 20, 20, 20 24th. Oklahoma State's ranked 10th. Okay. My bad. Uh, but Iowa but, State's... The Cyclones have always been the upset kings. They Iowa really State's have, have, won, really a lot, have won a lot of big um, games over the last couple of years. Yeah, and that, that about does it for our podcast for today. Episode four is in the books. Um, we appreciate you listening. And we hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. And we hope you come and listen again next week as we'll be back again next week for episode five. Ryan, it's been another another fun great, week, Alex. Fun uh, podcast working with you. And um, looking look forward, forward to next, next week. week. Uh, thank you for all for listening again. And have a great week. We are your one-stop podcast for everything you know in Pittsburgh sports. And we'll see you next week right here on Steel City Sports Talk.